Hi there, this is Gift Biz Unwrapped, episode 97. I was like, I'm gonna do it. So I was so terrified, but I did it anyway. Hi, this is John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire, and you're listening to Gift Biz Unwrapped, and now it's time to light it up. Welcome to Gift Biz Unwrapped, your source for industry-specific insights and advice to develop and grow your business. And now, here's your host, Sue Monheit. Before we get into the show, I have a question for you. Do you know that you should be out networking, but you just can't get yourself to do it because it's scary? Are you afraid that you might walk into the room and not know anybody? Or that you're going to freeze when you get up to do that infamous elevator speech where you talk about yourself and your business? Well, I'm here to tell you that it doesn't need to be scary if you know what to do. To help you with this, I would like to offer you a coffee chat. For the price of buying me a cup of coffee, we can sit down through an online video and I'll tell you everything that I know about networking and how I have personally built two multi-six-figure businesses primarily through networking. To learn more about this opportunity, just go over to bit.ly forward slash network ninja. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash network ninja. And now let's move on to the show. Hi there, it's Sue and welcome to the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. Whether you own a brick and mortar store, sell online or are just getting started, you'll discover new insight to gain traction and to grow your business. Today I have joining us Mike Muandada of Rwanda Bean. Mike was born in Rwanda and immigrated to the U.S. in 2010, where he launched his business. Rwanda Bean Company supplies specialty coffee products in the U.S. and abroad. In turn, it supports coffee producers by investing profits back to the farms. The company began as an importer of raw coffee and has recently started selling its own private label, roasted coffee products to wholesalers and retail customers in Maine. Aside from running the business, Mike is studying for an MBA and enjoys playing soccer, running, and of course, the main microbrews. Welcome to the show, Mike. Thank you for having me, Sue. I am so happy we were able to arrange being able to get together, and we've actually been able to see each other a couple of times now. I met you in Portland, Maine at the Agents of Change show, and we recently just got back from the New York Now show, so that's... Super fun. I've gotten a lot of chance to get to know you. So I'm really excited to share all that you're doing with the world. I'm so excited as well. As is tradition with the show, I'd like to start off by having you describe your ideal motivational candle. It's just a little bit of a different way, since we're all creators here, of getting to know you. So if you were to describe your ideal motivational candle, what color would it be and what would be the quote on your candle? Uh, The color would be... The sky blue, I like sky blue because it's kind of uh, when it was dark and then it's getting, it, you know, people start seeing like a day, a day is light. So that's really good because that's how I take it in my life. It's like you always have something that you are going through. If it's a business, when you are starting, you are somewhere in the darkness, you don't know where you're heading. And then as it starts unfolding, and then it starts seeing that color. So I like sky blue. And it's like sky blue. And even when you look up into the sky, it seems like just unlimited possibilities. Yes. 
And I think also as entrepreneurs, we need to have that optimism, you know, that that dream of ours can actually become reality. And that's what we like to do here is show how other people's dreams are forming and how they're building their businesses. So let's talk about that in relationship with you. Tell us how the idea of Rwanda Bean started. The Rwandan Bean idea started from just like a few years when I moved here, like three years ago. When I moved here, I was so surprised to see like every corner of the city, they were a coffee shop. And seeing how people were spending four bucks for a cup of coffee from 6 a.m. several times a day, it shocked me somehow. It hit me so bad because I kept thinking the farmers that I left back home who always see coffee as the treasure to them because 85% of the population back home in Rwanda, they live on subsistence agriculture and they really work hard to provide the delicious coffee they have. But when I saw how much money people spend on coffee and then it hit me, I kept wondering why people home, they are so poor, why they are still poor if four bucks can feed the whole family back home and people spend it more than two times a day for a cup of coffee, that really didn't give me a piece at all. So that's how the idea of Rwanda Bean came in. I thought I might do something just to build a bridge between the consumer and the farmer. That's how Rwanda Bean was born. And so you really had no idea that we are crazy. Well, we're in America, so I'll just call it American for now. But you had no idea that we were so crazy about our coffee here. No, no. In Rwanda, <laughs> people drink tea, African teas, all those kinds. They drink beer, but they don't drink coffee. Now, when I moved here, I didn't drink coffee that much. Sometimes over there at home, people think coffee is for rich people. or I don't know. But it's really strange how they harvesting and then they don't get to drink it. So we have just some understanding. People there, they have this kind of understanding. Say, oh, coffee is not good for your heart. Coffee is not good for your sleep. You can't sleep if you don't drink coffee. So they try to stay away from it. I think that's typical. When you're in a certain business... If you're consuming it all the time, then you're kind of like consuming your own profits. Actually, maybe that might be true because (laughs) 99% of coffee that we drink here in America is imported. So that means maybe the buyers will keep telling the farmers, hey, if you drink it, you will stay awake so they can probably get enough to bring here. There you go. That's a good idea. (laughs) And we have found that there are health benefits to coffee, too. So, Actually, it's good for you. It's good yeah. for your body. Yeah. yeah. So 85% of Rwanda business is agriculture. But even though we have this obsession now with coffee here and we're importing so much, why are the farmers still not seeing the benefits of that? It has to be with how the coffee business is done in general. So... Those farmers, most of the countries where the coffee comes from, all the, most of those countries are underdeveloped country. And some of those people, they don't really have the resources 
and the ability to connect themselves to the consumer market. So it takes what the cause of from them providing coffee, but still poor because there is that big gap between them and to the real world who consume the coffees. That's what I think it has to be done with them being poor. So what have been your first steps to take care of that problem, to be able to funnel more money back to them? So what I did, I'm from Rwanda, so I contacted a few friends back there. So I did research. I asked the farmers. I said, uh, we start talking on the phone. They tell me the problem, and I realized really what I was thinking, which is the misconnection between them and the consumer is the problem because they sell their coffee through all those middlemen and everyone there wants their cut. And I don't blame them, but that's what they have to do to be doing with the farmers not getting more back. So I realize maybe I can start something that I can bring the coffee straight from them to here. So that's when my company was born, that's what the purpose, well, that was the mission, that was the objective. So it sounds like what you're doing, Mike, is you're eliminating one of the steps in the process. You're eliminating one of the middle people that are part of the chain from getting it from the farmers into the states and to the consumer. Yeah, that's what I do. And that's how I believe that we've bringing coffee directly from the farmers. It gives us the opportunity to pay them more, but also we build that relationship. We want to be able to have our consumer really connected with those farmers and know what we're trying to do with them. So it's been really tough, but it's coming together right now. Wonderful. So it sounds like you're on the way. But how did it start? What were the first things or some path that led you to where you are now? On the beginning, it's not easy. It's really tough when you know there is a problem and you really want to do something to fix it or you just want to try something. And sometimes you want to let it go because you see that it's not possible to do it and... And I don't know. And then somehow you keep having that feelings that bothering you that I can do this, I can try. And then you get, as a, you, you know, as an immigrant, I don't have money, I don't have it. I'm like, how am I going to do this? It's so, it was so, so hard. Were you saying that you were getting to places, you were really passionate about it, but then there were times when you're just like, this looks like it's too hard. Maybe I should just not do it. But then you yes. said, no, I'm going to do it. And you just kept going. Yes. And I want to point that out, gift biz listeners. This is common. As you're proceeding, you reach obstacles and you get to the point where you say, oh, man, I just I don't know a solution. I don't know a way, a way around this. And that is the point that is a separator between being successful and just letting what you wanted to do fade by the wayside, because that's where most people will drop off. And so Mike is talking about how, you know, when he gets to this point, no, he might have these natural feelings, but no, he stays on the road, he keeps going, and he finds a solution. So tell us about that then. How did you overcome some of this? So the way I overcame over this is, 
you know. So in Rwanda, we went through a lot, including me and my family, including friends and all Rwandans. And then I kept in my head, I was like, because you talk, sometimes you talk to people, they are like Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts, all those big coffee shops, coffee business, it's tough, man. It's, I don't know how you can do this. And I wasn't going to open a coffee shop where people will come to drink it. That's an, another level. So maybe one day I will do. But if I can do this, how can I blame the farmers? How can I say the farmers can do it themselves? And then I was like, I have this opportunity to be in America. I will just try it and try to be the voice. And I know what they are going through was tough. So I, and I was like, you have to start with me. And maybe I will inspire some other farmers to do it on their own. That's how I overcame. Then I started talking to friends about it. I started talking to my classmates, my professor, that's how all the idea came together. And somehow, I don't know, when you're sharing the story, when you're sharing what you're thinking, somehow you never know who you will get to. So somehow I went to one person who was like, hey, there is an event that happens in Poland. It's called the Many Startup Week. Many Startup Week creation week in Poland, men. So he said, people go there once a year in the summer and then they pitch their idea. You should look into it. So that's how the idea of going to pitch and I pitched in front of a couple hundred people. Oh my gosh. I only have one minute to pitch to say how this can be a business and people have to vote for you to get in the top 10 company who will get mentors and uh, who will get some other counseling to figure out how they can help you shape your idea becoming and help you having a business plan, how you can execute your idea. Wait, so how many people presented? They were probably during that time, they were like probably like 50, 60, 80 people who were presenting the idea. And so you get to go on stage for one minute. Yes, just one minute. One minute. Oh, my gosh. And then people have to vote for you. So that's what happened. And I went there. I was swearing everywhere. And um, at that time, right now, I will say my English is better. At that time, my English was the worst one. Yeah. People <laughs> could barely hear me with my heavy accent. So I was like, I'm going to do it. So I was so terrified, but I did it anyway. Good for you. Yay. We're all clapping for you, Mike. That had to be so scary. <laughs> it was so scary. I never talked in front of a hundred people like that. So I was so terrified. Oh my gosh. So what happened? I think we all know, but tell us, tell us. <laughs> so I got, I got voted in the top 10 people, in the top 10 people who have good ideas. And uh, at the end of the week, I was the winner. It goes from 10 to just one? It goes to 10 to top three. So I was the first one and then they were run up and then they were the third one. Oh my gosh, that is so exciting. And think about this. You had every reason not to do it. 
right? You could have had the excuse that, oh, my English isn't so good. You could have had the excuse that, you know, it's a one minute, I don't talk well in front of people, I'm scared, I'm not gonna do it. But you instead put yourself out there and look, look what happened. And after you pitch, some other people will go there and they pitch their idea and then you are like, oh man, I don't have a chance. There are some other people, the idea, they were so great, they were so good, they were so organized, so planned. I was like, man, at least I tried. That's what I was thinking. So, and when people vote for, when I was seeing people coming, giving me, they vote because they have to, you have to hold something there with everyone putting a sticker saying uh, he's voting your idea and then they have to count those ideas at the end of the day because the public was the one, the public, the judge, all other content, they were the one who were voting. So even for me, I would vote myself or I would vote someone else's idea that I think was great for than me, but I voted myself, of, of course. Of course you did. So you only get one vote though. You only get yeah. one vote. So if no one like your idea, you will only get one vote. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. Uh, and so what did you do when you found out you won? You don't just want like that. You keep, during that week, you keep working with those mentors. They help you do your projection. They help you have your startup website. There is people out there who are willing to, to who have skills, they are professional, they, they, some of them, they are designer. This organization is so good. They bring out people who have other jobs, who are professional, professors, managers, CEO of the companies, and then they bring them. So they give you the skills. They can help you scale your idea to, to the point where at the end of the week, if you have money, you can open the door for your business. Okay, so everyone ends up being a winner, really, because everyone gets more educated and more knowledgeable and all that. Only for those 10 companies. Oh, okay. So not everyone. Okay. Only for those 10 companies. And those 10 companies, at the end of the week, they have to present. And after they present, that's when the judge, the board of the judge will vote will be the top three. So that's how I won. I didn't win, I didn't win any money, but at least I won. Uh, those people gave me confidence to see that my idea was good. And then I had to work hard to figure out how to bring in the coffee. So in a few months, I was able to bring in the first shipment of bugs. And then we started from there just by selling green beans. But we realized the green bean, it was like uh, not, uh, it, it was like a closed market because you only have to sell it to the roasters. So all the time I meet people, I tell them my, about my idea or people who, who read in the news about me, they will say, so where can we buy coffee? Where can we buy coffee? How can we support? So that's when I realized if I can come up with my own roasted label, and then set it online, and then I would be able to have an open market and to be able to sell it to anyone. That's how I realized maybe every, anyone can also participate. First, if you want to help, you can buy coffee. If you don't like to drink coffee, if you don't drink coffee, you might buy it for a gift for someone. So that's how I started. That's how I'm here. 
I want to stop you here because you said something when we were together yesterday. We did a Periscope together on yesterday. And this is an excellent example. And I think we all forget about this. You taught me this yesterday, Mike. We were talking about, you know, you're just mentioning here, and I'm only stopping you here because I think it's pertinent to the rest of the story. Your progress has been through face-to-face contact with people, doing that really scary presentation and entering and seeing if you could win. But also you found out about that because you were sharing and talking about what your vision was with a lot of people. Now you're at the point where you do have a product here and I thought you did something so special that we always forget about this. When we were talking, you made the comment that people, you know, they're not buying the coffee because they're not a coffee shop or something like that, but they want to help. So they ask you, how can I help? And what do you say to them? I always tell them they can help. The way they can help is uh, you might not drink coffee, you might not buy coffee, but you like what we do, you like our mission, you like what I try to accomplish. So the way you can help is go tell your friends about your friend about me. Ask your local store that there is a coffee out there, delicious coffee with a good thing that is trying to accomplish good things. So maybe ask them you want that coffee in that in your local shop so that's how i always tell them that's how they can help me you know we don't try to make these podcasts salesy so that's not the point here the point is what mike does is he suggests or asks people to take some type of an action like to ask for action if people are interested in helping he tells them how they can do it you know they can buy product from him or Go spread the word about my product to your local coffee shop. So for you, Gift Biz listeners, with your products, when you're networking, it's not just buy from me, but also what's that extension? What's another way people can help you? Share the name. I'm looking at getting my products into local boutiques, whatever it might be. Sometimes people just can't make that extension. You have to tell them what to do. Similarly, you might have to tell them, go like my Facebook page or click on my Instagram link and comment for me on a photo that you really like or something like that. And when people are asked and given a clear path to do something, many times they do. So Mike, it was really great. When you said that yesterday, I'm like, yes, obviously, why don't we talk about this more? So thank you for that. Thank you. So Mike, let's talk a little bit more about the product. Now, we talk about that a lot of the beans that are coming into America are being imported. What's the difference with the Rwanda bean and why is it different and why is it better? So why should people choose yours versus other beans? First is good coffee. It's really good coffee. I'm not saying that other people have bad coffee, but Rwanda bean, we have really natural good coffee. How is one coffee or the flavors from different regions different from each other? It has to be done with the location. It has to be done with the environment. So that's how the coffee flavor, that's how it comes from. So if you are in a country with a high elevation, with a tropical kind of uh, climate, with natural weather. So how you treat the beans, that's what you have to be done with the, the flavor of the coffee. So in Rwanda, we located in our elevation, it's 2,000 to 8,000 feet. 
and we have these natural volcanics so that provide like volcanic soil which is rich for the plantation and we also have regular rainfall so they don't most of the time most of the farmers they just use the rainfall water so everything is natural and it's that's what you need to have a really good coffee and then you have to be done how it's harvested how what are they the are the farmers pick the right beans that are supposed to be picked they do dry it enough they do cover it when it's raining they how they do dry it all that things we make sure all our coffee it hands on coffee and then when it comes here we ship it in pro bags. Those are the bags that conserve the beans to be contaminated because we ship our coffee in the ship. So there is all those ocean smell and stuff. So the bags we bring in the beans, really protect the beans. And when we the coffee gets here, we roast our coffee on a small batch. And those small batch, they are really good because you can control your beans. I'm not good on roasting because we have someone else who do it, who have real experience in this. So we always have this amazing coffee. All the people say it's really good coffee. Right. And the thing I didn't know, which I've learned as we've just been together and, you know, you've talked more about your business, is how much it's similar to the wine industry where you have a professional, educated taster who actually rates the beans. Yes, we have uh, a good friend of us. His name is Marty, and uh, he will always, when we have the harvesting, he have done it for us this last couple of years, and uh, he always tests the beans. He be honest about it. He have really knowledge to do. He's a, a global grader of coffee, so he can tell us where we are rated and what to will be done to be able to have a good rate. So it's been really helpful. So we always bring in samples and then he always try to help us make that kind of test and stuff. As I remember you describing and telling me, it's a blind sample, like it's up against three other types of coffee and you just don't know until he turns the cards over with the scores, which is yours and where it's ranking. And he doesn't know either, right? When he's tasting, he doesn't know which one is yours versus others? No, uh, because actually, sometimes we don't even score higher than other coffee because like this last one we did last week, I chose another coffee. Actually, it was also from Rwanda. But it wasn't from the farmers that we were testing. We are not carrying that coffee. So I was like, this is really good. And I, I didn't care, it was money. But that's how the procedure has to be done. You have to be honest. And then you will say, this is what I like. And mm -hmm. then other, other people who are there, they were like, this is what I like. They are like maybe eight to six rounds of those different coffee. And at the end... He will, or he will grade the coffee based on the smell, the body, the flavor, all those kind of stuff. And then he will grade them and then he will say, okay, you have this kind of note which might be eight, five, eight, three, eight, something. So all the time he told me, I really still running this. But he said, when you are, your coffee is rating from 80s up, 
you are really to the right track, that's really good coffee. So you should keep working hard to find it in the 90s or whatever. When you get in the 90s, everyone is fighting for your coffee. So that's my goal. That's maybe as we move forward, that's I try to figure out in our project of working with our farmers, how we can really help them be more, more sustainable and be able to provide really good coffee. So Mike, we're gonna move now into our reflection section. And I think this is gonna be really interesting because being from a different country, how you're gonna answer some of these questions. So I'm really looking forward to this. If you were to talk about one thing that's kind of a natural trait for you that you have drawn upon during this whole experience, what would that be? I would say we are starting and we really wanna push uh, really this far as much as we can. So I will say my business partner, his name is Nick Mazurowski. He has been an inspiration. He teach me how to be really, how you have to be disciplined in running a company. He also supports me, but also people, the way I like to talk to people and they always give me that kind of motivation. And even if we are in a tough situation where we are still fighting, being in this competitive market, but people, they are always, it's good, this is good, I really like your mission. So you have good coffee, those are, and then the farmers also, they are like, I'm from there, I'm from those, to those farmers, and I'm one of them, I know what kind of life they live. The most thing that make me happy is to put a smile on someone's face, so... When I talk to them, when I see how faith they have in me, the hope they have in me, the trust we have each other, with the way we talk every morning in the phone, they are telling me, Michael, we are going to harvest this much. And some, even beside them, there are also other farmers that I'm not working with them right now, who have, through social media, who have contacted me, who are like, Mike, can you buy the coffee from me this coming season? And it's sad when I say I'm sorry right now, I don't have the power and the capacity to do it, but let's stay in touch somehow. I will be able to buy coffee from you down the road. Right, as you grow. Were you just saying that you talk to people in Rwanda every day? Every day. Every day we chat. All the, those pictures you see on our Instagram with coffee beans, we get from, I get them from the farmers. So they send it to me, they are like, coffee is almost ready. Yeah, well, are, you, are, you, are you coming to buy from us? And then I'm like, oh God, I wish I can sell it, thousand pounds, <laughs> then I can buy from, but. You will, I, it's coming, it's coming. It's Look, your business is only three years old. You know, it's building and it's growing and you see that there's a market here. So, and your packaging is beautiful. We didn't get a chance to really talk about that a lot here, but Gift Biz listeners, you can go over when this is on the show notes page and you'll be able to see the packaging. It's spectacular. But I also, Mike, what you're talking about is so interesting. It kind of gave me shivers over here a little bit because your initial mission is really helping the farmers back in Rwanda. So it's people helping people. But while you're here trying to realize that mission, you're calling on people, you're sharing your stories face-to-face with people. So it's people helping people here too. I mean, people are helping you so that you can help the Rwandan farmers. Yes, uh, 
So it's really cool how that all flows together. Yeah, that's why also I really work hard. Uh, I really do the best I can to be able to keep that consistency in the quality of the beans we provide because people are, are the ones actually who are pushing me. The farmers, they want to say, they really like what we, we are trying to accomplish. And then the people, they are like, coffee is good, whatever you're doing is really awesome. So the energy from the people is that is pushing me is what it have made me to be who I am right now. I believe that. And it also reconfirms that your product is good. I love every single thing about this story. Tell me, Mike, is there a book that you've read or listened to lately that you'd like to share with our listeners? Yes. Right now, I'm reading a book. It's an old book. It was written in, like in 2004, but it's a really good book. It's called The Purpose Driven Life. Yep, yep. It was written by Rick Warren. Mm-hmm. It's really talk about how you have to be in this world, how you have to be good to each other, how you have to live a really focused and meaningful life. And I like the book. I really like it so much. You know what? My mom bought me that book right after it was published. Really? She, she read it and she bought a book. She bought like five or six of them and she was giving them out to different people. And she gave me one. When you say that, I automatically think about my mom. <laughs> yeah, actually, I got it from a friend a few years ago. I never had the chance to read it. Mm-hmm. I always, it looked like, I, always, I usually like small books. So that looks like really big. And I was <laughs> always lazy. And then somehow I started then reading it. And I read the first page, the second page, and since I have been through this kind of complex life, different culture, and then it have been a really good book. Excellent. Yeah. Well, and Gift Biz listeners, if you have not been following the podcast yet, I just want to make mention that just like you're listening to all of our content here today, I think even Mike was talking about how he's listening to this book through audio versus the traditional book. I've teamed up with Audible, so you can get a book like this for free on me. And we know now that The Purpose Driven Life is available on Audible. If you're interested, just go to giftbizbook.com and you can make a selection. That's giftbizbook.com. Mike, I now want to invite you to dare to dream. I'd like to present you with a virtual gift. It's a magical box containing unlimited possibilities for your future. So this is your dream or your goal of almost unreachable heights that you would wish to obtain. Please accept this gift and open it in our presence. What would be inside your box? Uh, it will be a box of full of all kinds of people happy to support each other, to help each other, smiling. That's what will really make me so happy. A big box of happy people. Yes. Love it, because that goes right along with what you're talking about in terms of enriching the lives of others all along the way. Yes. And I really want you guys to go over and take a look at Mike's website. And I'm not sure, I know you're doing a new website. I'm not sure if it's going to be up right when this goes live. We're going to be sitting in February of 2017. But I think probably by March, your new website will be up too. 
and it's beautiful. It gives a lot of stories and visibility in terms of the Rwandan people and coffee and all of that. But I also know there's other places where people can go and take a look at what your business is all about. Right, Mike? Yes, that is. We have Instagram. It's a Rwanda Bean Company. Uh, you can go there and follow us and we, we will keep you updated on what we are doing. There is also a Facebook page. It's a Rwanda Bean Company. You can go there. We always try to share things with people. We try to stay connected with them. So please go there and like our pages and stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned. That's for sure. Mike is headed for big things. I know that. <laughs> So, and also give biz listeners, just in case you didn't catch that, remember there's a show notes page attached. So any links or anything else that you need, you can find over there at giftbizunwrapped.com. All right, Mike, I know you're still in New York and you want to jump back over to that New York Now show. I left a couple days before the show concluded, so we're not going to take any more of your time for now. Your story is so heartwarming. I've met you, like I said in the beginning, a couple of times now. You're so genuine, so endearing. Your passion is so great. And I look forward to seeing you progress. And I know you're going to be super successful. May your candle always burn bright. Thank you so much, Sue. And thank you for the listeners. Where are you in your business building journey? Whether you're just starting out or already running a business and you want to know you're set up for success, find out by taking the Gift Biz Quiz. Access the quiz from your computer at bit.ly slash giftbizquiz or from your phone by texting giftbizquiz to 44222. Thanks for listening and be sure to join us for the next episode. Today's show is sponsored by the Ribbon Print Company. Looking for a new income source for your gift business? Customization is more popular now than ever. Brand your products with your logo or print a happy birthday Jessica ribbon to add to a gift right at checkout. It's all done right in your shop or craft studio in seconds. Check out the ribbonprintcompany.com for more information. After you listen to the show, if you like what you're hearing, make sure to jump over and subscribe to the show on iTunes. That way you'll automatically get the newest episodes when they go live. as well.